Welcome to a special Thanksgiving Eve service edition of the South Harbor Church podcast. South Harbor is a part of the Harbor Churches, which exist to help people find their way back to God. In this edition, Abby Black, our Director of Discipleship and Next Gen, brings us a message that reminds us that Christ is enough. As always, for more information about how you can become a part of the South Harbor Church community, stick around after the message. And now, let's head over to Abby. Hello, good evening. Um, My name's Abby. I am the Director of Discipleship and Next Gen here at South Harbor Church, and I have the opportunity this evening to talk about Thanksgiving. As we look forward to the Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow, we often think about gratitude. We think about food, family, gathering. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. We might think of talking to our uncle way too much about politics or answering inappropriate questions about our non-existent love life. Or maybe it's hoping that our kids behave themselves for like an hour or two. We all have different ways that we celebrate Thanksgiving. But we all have traditions. For me and my family, I get my whole family up probably too early to dress up in some type of embarrassing festive attire and run a turkey trot. (laughs) Others of you might watch a lot of football or the dog show or the Thanksgiving parade. Um, Maybe you eat way too much pumpkin pie and then take a nice long nap on the couch. Or maybe (laughs) you decorate for Christmas when the dishes are still being put into the dishwasher. Or maybe you spend the day alone. We all have different ways that we celebrate Thanksgiving. But we often, the question that gets raised is, am I thankful or what am I thankful for? I think a more obvious question is also, why am I, am I content? Contentment. That seems easy enough, right? But can we be content if our life isn't what we want it to look like this Thanksgiving? Can we be content if there's an empty seat around the dining room table? Can we be content as we're scrolling through our Instagram, our Facebook, our social media, and we see all of these pictures of loved ones gathering, and we're painfully reminded that we're still alone? Can we be content? A few years ago, back in 2016, I lived in South Carolina, and I was driving back home to Michigan over Thanksgiving break. And I was in the car and just reflecting on my move there. I moved there um, back in the summer of 2016 for graduate school for social work. I didn't know anyone within a seven-hour drive. (laughs) And I had met a couple women on a discussion board and decided that I was going to room with them. They were in my program. And I didn't have any family, didn't have any friends. The customs and culture was very different than our West Michigan ways. And I was getting used to it all. And for the first time in my life, I felt lonely and I felt anxious. And I was reflecting on this in the drive and I I was thinking, if only I could move back home, then I would have my family, my friends, life would be familiar, then I would be happy. Have you ever thought that, played that if only game, if only or when, then I'll be happy? Contentment is living in the state of enough. Who here has seen the movie Over the Hedge? Has anyone seen this movie? All right, so we're going to take a quick look at a clip from Over the Hedge as we think about what it means to have enough. So take a look with me. 
So this made me laugh, right? It's silly, but he says, for humans, enough is never enough. We've all met someone, right, where we're like, oh my goodness, enough. Like, what is gonna finally make you happy? Like, you keep searching for these things, what's gonna make you happy? For humans, enough is never enough. How many of you feel that? I feel that. Enough is never enough. It can often see, seem that we think the statement, I will be happy when... I will be happy when I get a raise. I will be happy when we finally have kids. I will be happy when we get a house with a pool. I will be happy when I get that new Tesla I wanted. I will be happy when I get to make the team captain at school. I will be happy when I get to get into the college that I want. I will be happy when, when, when. But when those things happen, are we now happy? Are we now content? Or are we waiting for the next thing that we don't have so that we can be happy when? Hmm. Contentment isn't about getting the things that we want. It will never start with an if only or when statement. In Philippians 4.11, Paul the Apostle wrote, I don't say this out of need for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. What a powerful statement he is saying. He doesn't say, I will be happy when I get an A on my test, or I will be happy when I make six figures, or I will be happy when my spouse finally cleans the house. He says, I will be happy in whatever circumstances I am in. Paul the Apostle here, when he is writing to the Philippi people, he is writing from Roman imprisonment. Not prison that he'd been in for like a day or a week either, where he could kind of just write some encouraging words and then he can go home. He'd been there for two years. And Paul doesn't write, I will be happy when I get out of prison. Paul says, I will be happy in whatever circumstance I am in. I will be content in whatever circumstance I am in, not happy. <laughs> I will be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Because Paul recognizes that his contentment doesn't come from his circumstances or his situation. His contentment comes in whose he is. That can be a big shift for many of us. That if we have a personal relationship with Christ, that we know what we have and whose we are. <sighs> for many of us, in our culture, we search for this contentment in our jobs, in our status, in our relationships, in our technology, in the things around us that we're constantly seeking, but it isn't there. Those things are fleeting. They will never be enough. Yet, we can only see the things that we're focused on. We so often are focused on the things in our life that are less than or that we would like to see change but there's so much that exists outside of our peripheral vision. Imagine if we shifted our focus. Contentment is the invitation to shift our focus from looking around us, from being envious of the things that other people have that we don't, or the situation or circumstance that we want to see changed that will finally make us happy when. The accepting of the invitation of contentment is looking up to God and knowing that contentment is knowing we are his. That if we have Jesus, we have enough. So it brings me back to my story. So as I'm driving back home to South Carolina, from South Carolina to Michigan, 
I was driving and thinking, and I was just feeling anxious and alone. And actually, when I got back to Michigan, I had made an appointment to see my primary care doctor to get an EKG done because I did not understand what anxiety felt like in your body. (laughs) And so I thought something was actually wrong with my heart, that I had pressure and tightening in my chest. So I went to the doctor to get an EKG done, and she's like, yes, you are feeling anxious. So I never felt anxiety or stress or loneliness really before. It was something that was, that was new to me. So during this time when I lived in South Carolina, I'd been searching for churches. So I went, I went by myself and sat and went to different churches. For many of you, if you've ever church shopped, it's a hard process to do. So I went and tested out different places and tried to find my community and my belonging. I'd been going to a church for a couple weeks and was sitting there when a worship song came up. In the chorus, the first line it said is, God, you have brought me here and you will see me through. It brought me to tears in that moment. You have brought me here and you will see me through. It was a question I didn't even know I was asking God, that in my loneliness and my anxiety, what I was wondering is, why am I here, God? I am miserable. Like, why have you brought me here? I'm sure some of you resonate with that feeling of, what is he? What are you doing in this, God? Why am I here? And so I realized in that moment that I needed to find peace and contentment. I needed to find a way to still my anxious heart. So after church got out that day, I went and got my hiking boots, and I went to um, a national forest that they have down there. And I got out of the car. It was blue skies, 65 degrees, beautiful weather in South Carolina. And I got out, and I walked, and I prayed, and I cried And I repeated that line over and over again. God, you have brought me here and you will see me through. I asked it as a question. I said it as a statement. I pleaded with God. God, you have brought me here and you will see me through. After a few miles of walking, I got back in my car. And for the first time in months, I felt light. It felt as if a burden had been taken off of me. That God said, I have you. I, you are mine. In me, you have enough. I got in the car that day, and nothing in my circumstances had changed. It was still a frightening place. It still was far away from family. I didn't have friends there. It wasn't familiar. But I knew that if I had Jesus, I had all that I needed. I had enough. What I didn't know at the time was I had applied to transfer um, to Grand Valley for graduate school for my second year because I was having such a difficult time. And the same week that I got my acceptance letter to Grand Valley is the same week that I met my now husband, Troy. I didn't know the plan that God had for me, but his plan was so much greater than the plan I could have ever imagined for myself. He brought me there and he saw me through. Now, I'm not saying that if you move across the country and you're feeling lonely that God's going to give you a wonderful husband. But what I'm saying is that we can't see the big plan, the big picture, because it's out of focus. But God has something planned for us in our situations that are hard or when we feel alone or when things are difficult. So contentment. Contentment comes when we can honestly say alongside the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, 12 through 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, 
Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul is pointing out to the Philippi people here that contentment isn't a natural posture or attitude. It's a mindset or behavior that must be learned. Paul, here in prison, in a time of trouble, when even his most basic needs are not being met, the situation is not enough. The situation is not good. Yet Paul finds contentment because he recognizes that the situation he is in is not where we find our joy, our peace, our thanksgiving, and our contentment. That can only come from God. Paul knows that he have a good God, a God that is for us, a God that is faithful, and that if we have Jesus, we have enough. Contentment isn't denying the feelings about the things we want and can't have. It's the freedom that comes from being released by the control of those feelings on us. Contentment isn't pretending that everything's okay or things are right when it's not. It's the peace that comes in knowing that God is bigger than our circumstances and our problems, and he works all things out for our good. Contentment isn't a feeling of being in control of your circumstances or situations, but finding the joy in looking to God and knowing that we are his despite our circumstances. Contentment can't be found in situations or things around us. They can't be found in external factors. They can only be found in a personal relationship with Christ who meets us in our joy and in our hardship. So my mom always used to joke that we'd see people that were always searching for something else. Like they never found what they wanted to be happy. Like they were seemingly unfulfilled, always looking for happiness in different places. She used to say they have a God-shaped hole in their heart. Have you guys ever heard this before? <laughs> There's a God-shaped hole inside of their heart. And when I think of contentment, this is what I think of. Think of the God-shaped hole in our heart that we find, we look for these situations and these things. We look for all of the things in the world around us to fill this hole, but it's never gonna fill it because it's not the shape of God. So have you guys seen this toy? I think it, I have a slide for it. Have you seen this toy before? <laughs> so you always see like the toddler sitting, there's usually a heart hole and a square hole and a triangle hole, and there's always trying to like jam the square into the heart hole. <laughs> but it's not going to fit. No matter if they sit on it, no matter if they chew on it, turn it sideways, like it doesn't fit in that hole because it's not the right shape. So we try to find these things that we're searching for contentment. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's our grades. We're searching for these things to fill this hole that will finally make us content. But the hole is the shape of God because that's all that can fill it. When the Apostle Paul says, I know what it is to have plenty and I know what it is to have want, what he is saying is the situation changes. Life changes. Maybe you do get that amazing car you wanted. Maybe you get that raise you've been working so hard for. Maybe your child gets into an Ivy League school. Well, then what? The situation changes. Life changes. Changes. There are seasons of plenty and there are seasons of want. But those seasons change. 
What doesn't change is that our value and our worth can only be found in Christ Jesus. Contentment is learn the lesson that Jesus is enough. That if you have Jesus, you have a God who listens to you. You have the power of love around you. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And you have Jesus Christ walking alongside you amidst your problems. If you have faith, a heart for God, and a love of Christ, you have the gift of grace. Grace for every sin a direction for every turn that life takes, a lamp lighting every dark corner, and an anchor that holds you tight amidst the storm. In Christ, you have everything you need. Now answer me this. If the situation that you've been working to get through never turns out the way you want it to, if you never get that raise at work or that promotion or the job you wanted, if the dreams you've had for so long never happen, can you now be content? The situation changes. Life changes. What doesn't change is that we, if we have Jesus, we have enough. So can we shift our focus when we look around and see that no matter what we have or what we don't, in seasons of want, in seasons of plenty, that we have enough. That is when scarcity gives way to abundance. We, at this very moment, are embarked on an adventure that God has planned for us. A God that is good, a God that is faithful, and a God that is for us. Whether or not we can see the outcome of this adventure right now, he's working for our good. And for that, this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful. So as we look forward to tomorrow, I hope that for most of you that that means a warm home, lots of wonderful food, and family all around. But even if that's not what it means for you, maybe you have to work, or maybe you're divorced and you don't have to, you don't, you're not able to see your kids tomorrow. Maybe you don't have family around and you're spending the day alone. Maybe there's an empty seat at the table. Can we find who gives us contentment? Can we find something to be thankful for in this season? You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a good God, a faithful God and the God that is for us. Thank you for being the God who gives us contentment and that you are enough. I pray that as we go into this holiday season that we can look outside of our circumstances and find you, God, amidst the hard, amidst the trials, and know that you are working for our good and that you love us. And that, this Thanksgiving, we are thankful. It's in your name we pray, amen. We hope that this week's message has brought you both some challenge and some blessing. For more information about how you can become a part of the South Harbor Church community, find us on the web at www.southharbor.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at South Harbor Church. And on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., you can find our service streamed live on our Facebook page. 
And so from all of us here at South Harbor and the Harbor Churches, we want to wish you a blessed week.